up, better get a table. Oh, Matt, you're early? Yeah, I know. Ever since they like savings, I've been an hour early everywhere I go. Oh, you should probably stop using that sundial to tell the time. Anyway, ever since then, my punctuality has been significantly improved. Acceptable company. Hello. Hello. Welcome back and welcome back to us once again recording in person. Live. Face to face. Lovely to see you once again. Nice to see you too, except for you've got a big sore on your forehead. Oh, yes. I've... (laughs) Embarrassing, I was cooking yesterday and a drop of oil fell right on my forehead. It looks like syphilis. It looks like syphilis. <laughs> it looks so bad. But um, I'm glad you pointed that out to everybody. Thank you. <laughs> we should take a photo of it. Put it on Instagram. Um, what do you want to talk about, Matt? Um, I'm going to kick things off with the latest phenomenon to grace the Netflix screen. The biggest thing ever since Tiger King. Yes. Um, of course, I'm talking about Squid Game. Squid Game. So good. So good. So I folded and, and watched the show along with, I think, many other people. Apparently, it's on track, if it isn't already, to be the biggest Netflix show of all time. Personally, I think it's I think it's a good show, but I do think there's a bit of a, a Tiger King situation going on here. I, I think it's overinflated. I don't think it's as good as its reputation or its grand status says, but it is a good show. I agree. I think it's an excellent show, but it surprised me that it was the most successful Netflix show ever. That's what I'm... I think it was just a result of COVID and people starving for something good to watch because we have been deprived of a lot of media recently. A lot of movies aren't getting to Australia at the moment. So I think the fact that this kind of hit and exploded the way it did is a result of the times. I think that it deserves some recognition and I'm glad it has some recognition, especially since it is a Korean show because it's foreign films and foreign media don't have the mainstream attention that some, you know, American produced TV shows mm. tend to get. It's got that bamboo ceiling that it needs to, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it needs to break through. Break through. Uh, but let's talk about the, the show. So the basic concept is this secret company goes out and, and finds people that are down in the luck. They have massive debt they'll never pay off. And then they bring them to this island where they participate in various games where they can win cash. But obviously, the results of failing the games is quite dire. Failing the game means you get killed. Yeah, you have to win to survive. And the more people that die, the bigger the jackpot of money. Yes, because there are less people to share it with. Exactly. So as the games go forward, more and more people die until eventually the prize is awarded to a winner. And knowing this, some people go out of their way to try and kill people. It's not against the rules to just flat out murder people while they're sleeping. It's brutal. We've seen this sort of thing before. It kind of reminds me a lot of like Hunger Games or even Butter Royale. But I think to its credit, it does have very endearing, interesting characters to watch. The intrigue behind who is putting it on and, and why they're doing it is enough to keep people hooked and interested. Mm, it's also very visually appealing. Like that room with oh, the stairs. Yeah. Like the, the costumes they wear. You're right. It's very um, striking. That image, just a Netflix image of, of that 3D maze of stairs and, yeah. and bright colors. That's kind of what intrigued me, to be honest. And and speaking of costumes, I've heard that the, the you know the guards are dressed in those the black masks with the the triangles and the squares on their heads. They've been selling out of like hazmat suits. Everyone's preparing for Halloween yeah. dress ups. I saw a meme that was like Halloween 2021, and it's just that everywhere. Just everyone wearing yeah. the game. <laughs> Do you see that in the Philippines they installed the red light green light girl at a crossing in oh, the Philippines? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's actually interesting. It's a good way to stop people from crossing on a red light. 
Um, New South Wales police posted that image of that red light, green light girl saying, yeah, the only reason to cross at a red light is if it's literally unsafe to stop beforehand. We're talking about driving. Driving, yeah. Ah. <laughs> I want to say the New South Wales police kind of get on top of the memes, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they love <laughs> They're it. They're good. meme lords. So the show is, it is violent, but I, I don't think it's over the top violence. The violence is there for the point of the show. I think it serves the narrative more so than just being a, a, of shock value. But I think what makes Squid Game so engaging and, and different is the character moments. Because some of the characters are pretty well written and pretty well acted. And some of the games, there's some, yeah, well, there's some good twists and there's some real, real fucked up shit that... <laughs> Which we can't get into without spoilers. So I think from here on, we're just going to have to talk spoilers. If you haven't seen it and you want to keep yourself non-spoiled, uh, maybe skip a couple of minutes ahead. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone who hasn't seen it though. Let's be real. I, I think anyone that wants to see it would have seen it. Yeah, then. exactly. Okay. So talking spoilers, I think the main episode that really hit me was the Marvel episode. Same. It was incredible. Like, it's, it's just a great episode because they've teamed up in previous games and generally it's a good thing. They team up with their friends, but in this case, they team up with their friends and you realize you have to fight your friend in a game of marbles and the loser will be killed. So mm. in this one game, suddenly things, the stakes got heightened a lot because we had the four pairs of main characters and, you know, only half of them are going to survive. The majority of people liked it. Me and my girlfriend really loved it. We were both quite teary-eyed by the end of the episode <laughs> for different reasons i got sad by the the two girls that affected me courtney got sad by the the old man because she hates seeing old sad people i was really sad about that too but i was most upset about ali and his bag uh, of rocks ali and the, the great betrayal yeah of ali that was yeah but... i hated that guy so much afterwards he was a I understand why, but he was definitely the character that was just going to do whatever it took to win. He was smart. He'd do the right thing up until the point where his life depended on it. But what know? about that episode where they were doing the honeycomb carving and he knew what the game was and he didn't tell his friends? Yeah, he let he let the main character do the umbrella. Yeah. I don't really get it, to be honest. He, maybe he only had a suspicion. <laughs> You're right. That was pretty brutal. I like that both you, me and my girlfriend were sad about a different, different, different pairing. Yeah. Another really good episode, I think the tug of war episode was really good. Mm -hmm. The fact that for the first time, that's when they had to, they killed each other, essentially. For the first few games, it was more, you had to do something. And if you failed, you got killed. But suddenly now they're actively killing their other players. There was a Easter egg clue in that episode. I went on a weird YouTube squid game rabbit hole. Did you as well? I have. Do you know this one? Are you talking about the, the, the chains? Yeah. The old man's chains? Okay, so we're going to talk about the old man. Because I got to tell you, I, I did not like the last episode. I thought it fell far below the standards of the other episode. I didn't like the twist. I hated the twist. The twist is the old man who you've been... The sweet, old, precious man. Sweet, old, precious wise. man. Brought my girlfriend to tears yeah, in the Marvel episode. He was my favorite character the whole way through. He was a good character and mm. he had a good death. And then they brought him back. He was in char He was basically one of the people in charge. Oh, he wanted to play childhood games again because he was dying. He had a tumor in his head. And which, he just wanted to do something fun to feel alive or which something. Which I think is a lame excuse to begin with to create mm. the games. But I hate that they brought him back to life. Oh, he didn't die. But they had this super emotional death scene for him. That scene was just done really well. And then they bring the old guy back at the end. It doesn't make any sense. It, it takes away from the Marvel episode, which I think was the best episode in the series. To me, it takes away from it by bringing him back to life. I, I know they wanted to throw in a big twist, but just because there's a twist doesn't necessarily make the show any better. There was enough intrigue 
there for a season two if they needed it. You know, there were still all the questions about who the, who the people were and why it was a thing in the first place. I hated that. I think I didn't like it because he was my favorite character the whole way through and I felt betrayed. But in a way, <laughs> discovering that he started it makes episode six even better because you felt so much for this person and you trusted him in the same way that the main character did. And then you, with the main character alongside each other, find out that guy is the bad guy. Whoa, everyone is mind blown equally. No, it was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think the plot was was elevated by this twist. If they're going to make a season two, which they might, but it's a big might. They'd be silly not to. They're going to ride this gravy train to the end. I think they'd be dumb not to, too. Especially because there is some questions that are left unanswered. Like the cop who was the brother, who was looking for his brother throughout the whole thing. He's probably still alive, right? Yeah, you reckon? Yeah, he, he didn't see him die. He got shot in the arm. Yeah, but he fell off a cliff. Yeah, into water. My biggest question is, why did the main character dye his hair red? That's it was so random. <laughs> I didn't like that for a year. He didn't do anything to help any of his friends from Squid Game. He just sat on his ass and became a bum again for a year. <laughs> Do you have any predictions for season two? Ooh, good one. No, but I, I hope they get better actors for the oh, VIP. awful was It was so that? cringe. It was so bad. They had so much potential. I was like, VIPs, wow. They were the worst. They were why, the worst. Why did they get awful voiceovers for them? They just sounded so crap. I cringed every time they were on screen. It was awful. What do you mean voiceovers? They were I, I think they were... Huh? I think they I think they were dubbed over the top with English voices. The white people. Yeah. I think they're probably speaking English, but I think they went over the top with really awkward stilted dialect. Really? I thought it was them just being really bad actors. I don't know. I don't think you can act that badly. No, I think... <laughs> <laughs> it was really I'll bad. I'll put a poll on Instagram. Do you think it was dubbed or are they just terrible actors? Uh, my predictions for season two, I, I really hope the main character and the cop team up because mm. he knows about the main character, right? He was mm. questioning him before and they get a team of cops and they, they, they get them into Squid Game. I think that'd be good shit. I'd watch nice. that. Well, uh, time will tell. So, Matt, I wanted to talk about how there are songs out there that we sing along to, dance to, but sometimes maybe don't take the time to interpret the lyrics. Songs that we we bop to and we sing along to every day without really knowing what we're saying. Yes. And why. Yes. I'm into it. I love it. (laughs) So, I thought maybe I would say a song. Mm-hmm. And you tell me what you think it's about or what vibes it gives you. And then we'll talk about the real meaning. Okay. Okay. First one is Hey Ya by Outcast. That's a hey ya. Yeah. That's it. Pretty boppy, pretty dancey. Shake it, shake, shake it. Yep. I would guess. I have never really analyzed these lyrics, but I would. First off, I think they're. It's just like a celebration. Shake it is about shaking that booty, you know, dancing. That's a, you know, very reasonable guess, (laughs) and I don't blame you. I think that's what most people think it's about. I'm going to sing some of the lyrics, and then you tell me if your... If my perception changes. Yes, if your perception changes. Thank God for mom and dad for sticking together like we don't know how. Okay, mom and dad are still together, still partying it up. Mm. From the implication, they're living in a loveless marriage. Ooh, nice. Yeah, the song is about a relationship that's breaking down, essentially. Shake it? Yeah, I don't know what that bit's about. (laughs) Oh, well, before he says that, though, before he does the whole shake it like a Polaroid picture, he says, y'all don't want to hear me, you just want to dance. 
like saying that he knows we're not listening to the lyrics. We just mm. want to Or he could be it. talking about his partner. So you don't want to hear what I have to say. You just want to have a good time. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, it's about a relationship that's breaking down. Ah. What about, um? do you know Waterfalls by TLC? Is that the Don't Go Chasing yeah. Waterfalls? Don't go chasing waterfalls. The rivers and the streams that we yeah. Um, maybe that's about don't go looking for something too grand. Just be happy with what you've got. Okay. Very interesting interpretation. <laughs> Let me sing a quick line. One day he goes and takes a glimpse in the mirror, but he doesn't recognize his own face. His health is fading and he doesn't know why. Three letters took him to his final resting place. Three letters? Yeah. Three letters? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P.? HIV AIDS, you got it. (laughs) Is it about that? Yeah, HIV AIDS epidemic. What? I know. What's that got to do with waterfalls? Um, I don't know exactly. Or the rivers and the lakes that we're used to. I don't know. Basically, like, take Uh, it easy, I think. Take it easy. Enjoy what you have. And don't go... Don't take things for granted. (laughs) Enjoy the rivers and lakes. (laughs) No, I think rivers and lakes are more calm. Waterfalls are like that crazy lifestyle. Oh. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. That's my interpretation. Oh, my God. Mm. Moving on. Uh, Closing Time by Semisonic. The Closing Time. Yeah, that's the one. It's that one, right? Yeah. She's obviously finishing work. Okay. And she has a crush on the guy from work and she wants him (laughs) to drive her home. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's what I would have guessed as well. Um, Quick line from this. Closing time, time for you to go out to the places you will be from. Closing time, this room won't be open till your brothers or your sisters come. She wants to, I don't know. Brothers and sisters is literal. What, incest? (laughs) Okay, no, um, I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it back (laughs) to... You said brothers and sisters come. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm talking about different comes. C O M E. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, this is about giving birth, and it's the closing time of the baby's time in the womb, and it's time to like go out into the world. What? Mm. Then who? What? Oh, what? It's like a metaphor. He, it's like I want you to uh, take me home. What's that about then? Who's I taking whom home? Uh, well, the parents, oh, I guess, taking I the baby home. Take me home. Wait, is this a baby's perspective? No, it's like the dad. <laughs> it's just you know your time's wrapping up in the womb, and it's time to like go out into the real world. I like my interpretation better. Yeah. <laughs> the incest one, or <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, he's on your like slide. Google oh, Google Go. I love this song. I know. What's it about, though? I think it's about a couple eloping. Ooh, not, not bad. You're halfway there. I feel like it's about a couple that just wants to get away and just, like, do their own thing. Interesting. All right, I'll sing you a little bit. Don't you love the life you killed? The priest is on the phone. Your father hit the wall. Your mother owned you. Father hit the wall, mum disowned you, so they're annoyed. They're pregnant. They're pregnant before marriage. And? 
Don't you love the life you killed? And they aborted the, the kid. I think it's about contemplating the abortion, or they did do it. Something like that. Oh, that's why I say, do you want to get married? Oh, yeah. One of my favorite songs, Sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, contemplating abortion, that one. Just light, light touch and go like topics. sprinkling of, of abortion talk without incest talk. <laughs> All right. I've got one more for you. Hit me. Everyone knows this one. It's a banger. It's the Pina Colada song. Oh, I know this one. Oh, you do? You know, know what it's about? I know what it's about. It's about a um, husband cheating on his wife. He's putting an ad in the, the paper looking for a new woman to he, hang out with. Yes. And that's why he's saying, do you like Pina Coladas? Getting caught in the water rain. And then at the end of the song, his wife answers the ad, but they didn't know about it. They, they were both looking to cheat on each other or get something more exciting in their relationship. But they didn't realize that they they both liked Pina Coladas being caught in. They, they both like more exciting things. Yes. So they kind of laugh it off at the end and go, yeah, you, you know, you're here all along. Yeah. Oh, I mean, laugh it off. Like you were going to cheat and I was going to cheat. So, oh, no big deal. <laughs> oh, yeah, no harm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, sorry for ruining it, but I, I knew that one. I, I, yeah. It's blatantly said in the lyrics. Yeah. If you read them, but you just don't think about it. Well, people only really know that if you like pina colada. That's why it's called, it's called Escape, isn't it's it? It's called Escape. Yeah. But in brackets, the pina, the pina colada, colada song. Because everyone knows it as, yeah, the, the, the chorus. But yeah. if you just listen to the lyrics, it, it's, yeah, like you said, it's blatantly stated that that's the situation. Yes. Yeah, it's still a fun song. Yeah, it's still fun. All of these songs are fun. Just uh, just, just don't think too closely about, yeah, don't, about the lyrics. <laughs> don't listen too closely. Just uh, close your eyes and snap your fingers along to it. <laughs> oh, well, that was fun. Thank you, Z. No worries. Hope you learned something new. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for ruining one of your favorite songs. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Z. So last uh, weekend was Freedom Day. No, Monday was Freedom Day. Was it? Monday was Freedom Day, and I'm saying that in air quotes. <laughs> Loosely called Freedom Day because those of us that are fully vaccinated can, um, a lot of freedoms are given back to us. Yeah. A lot of pubs and clubs are reopening. The limits are all, all gone. We can go to shopping centers again. All sorts of things. Yeah. Life very quickly went from pretty severe lockdown restrictions to very, very close to how things used to be. Um, so I just wanted to kind of talk about that, what that means. Did you do anything to celebrate Freedom Day? Did you, what was the first thing you did that you couldn't have done during lockdown? Um, the first thing I did was I had to work that day, so it was a bit boring, but I <laughs> went outside to get my morning coffee and I noticed that all the cafes had reinstated tables and chairs. Amazing. Yeah. I sat down at a table in a cafe and I posted this on my Instagram. I, about. I saw you. <laughs> I felt like Borat, like so excited about having a chair. Yeah, like, king of the castle. King yeah. of the castle. King of the castle. I have a chair. Like it was so good. I I felt amazing. And also the barber was open at 7.30 in the morning. Oh, they would have had to packed be, a line out the door for the barber. Yeah. Crazy. I've talked about getting a, a PS5 being difficult, right? Amazon got stock of PS5s in and then they were gone in 15 minutes. And someone posted, wow, the only thing harder than getting a PS5 is getting a haircut in New South Wales. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you see the craziness at Kmart? There was a massive queue like all around the building 
before midnight because they were going to open at midnight, right? 12.01 on Freedom Day. And then at midnight, obviously, they opened and inside it was like just mayhem, trolleys everywhere, everyone touching everything. Can you imagine if you've been out of work for three months being a Kmart worker? My sister works at Kmart. And then, she, <laughs> she said no. it was insane. She, they put her on registers. She's never done registers before. Oh, they God. put her on, on Freedom Day because the line was that long. They had to just get everyone they could, all hands on deck. That's your first day back at work, and it's that shit you got to yeah. deal with. That would suck so much. You'd just hate life. <laughs> but back to Freedom Day, you went to get a coffee, sat down in a, in a cafe. Yeah, got a chair. I cannot wait to go and get a pub schnitzel. Oh my gosh, me too. I went to, I actually went for a drive with my girlfriend and a dog to the entrance. Just wanted to spend the day outside that was more than five kilometers away from my house. Mm. Um, so we just went to the entrance and we got fish and chips out on the beach and just had a yeah. nice day out in the sun. It was amazing. It was really nice. It feels good, right? Like even getting the train on the way over here, people on the platform, not a ghost town, no tumbleweeds. Like I like the ghost, I like the ghost town tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually one of the only things I liked about the the, lo- the lockdowns. But I can't wait to go to the cinema because we have a we have a bank of movies that had not been released in Australia that are coming out. I've missed going to the movies. I've missed going to the city. Like I love Sydney and I've missed just like walking through. I haven't been there in months and I just I have the urge. Um, anything in particular you're looking forward to? Mm. What's on your list? Well, I was waiting to see my family for a long time, mm. so I got to see them. Um, I'm actually looking forward to domestic travel, so I'm just waiting a mm. little bit longer to just get out to, I don't know, Western Australia? Yeah, yeah, travel's up there. Um, mm. Same as, yeah, same, I haven't seen my family in, in months. Mm. Um, I'm seeing my family next weekend. Oh, nice. Which is nice. Um, and, and travel, yeah, my, I know my girlfriend in particular is, she's basically got her bags packed already. As soon as things become a bit more stable, I think she'll be, she'll be gone with or without me. Hopefully with you. Hopefully with me. But God, I just can't wait to walk through a shopping center or go out to see a show again or or an event or book something and not have it cancelled. Totally. I'm just so happy. It's nice. And it's it's gonna be beautiful weather. We're just coming into summertime. Hopefully I won't be as much of a homebody, but I, I feel like I'm gonna fall back into <laughs> those habits pretty quickly. I have a little bit of social anxiety about, you know, now that we're allowed to be out and about with people, I have to remember how to interact in a social setting. You know, I've actually had friends of mine say similar things that yeah. they're they're actually a bit anxious about their schedule filling up so much because before COVID, I feel like a lot of us had, you know, we're, we're having dinner with this person Tuesday night, then Wednesday night we're doing this, Thursday night we're doing this. Like it was just our schedules were very busy. And some of my friends are a bit apprehensive about going back into that situation again where, you know, they've kind of enjoyed the chance to relax a bit more and, and focus on them. I am. Um, I have the opposite fear that everyone will be out and about and doing stuff and that my life won't change and I'll just still be locked down, essentially. <laughs> Living the lockdown life while not in lockdown. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I, I think you're going to be just fine, Z. Uh, for those that don't know, Z put on a whole bunch of trivia nights during the lockdown. She was a, a bright spark in many people's weeks. Um, she organized them herself. She hosted them herself over Zoom. And I'm sure many people are going to want to return the favor now that they have the opportunity. Ah, that's nice. Hey, let's go do something. Let's get that pub schnitty. Let's go get that pub schnitty. Our first acceptable or not for this episode comes from Guzzy in Perth. Guzzy. Guzzy. Thanks very much for writing in, Guzzy. (laughs) He's written about, you know how when you receive wedding invitations and they tell you, you don't need to bring anything. Your presence is our (laughs) present, but if you really want to get us something, 
contribute to our wishing well or something like that. They basically say, you don't have to get us anything, but if you want to get us something, give us money. It's very common. It is very common. I think especially modern day weddings. Yeah. So his question is, since they say your presence is our present, is it acceptable to not give them a present? It's a tricky one because originally I was pretty strongly in, well, if they say no, then then no. But but there are caveats. Okay. (laughs) Um, First of all, I think it depends on the effort required to go to the wedding. For example, if the wedding is in another country, then in that case, I would I would say then you know you don't need a gift. The airfare was your gift. The airfare, yeah, the, the effort, the, the you know the annual leave you're using to go to a country that maybe you didn't want to go to in the first place. Mm-hmm. What about just a standard local wedding? I think social norm dictates that you have to give a gift, even though they've said in their invitation you don't have to. I look. Technically, no, you don't need to then. But I think that in most circumstances, they would expect a gift, especially a gift of money. I think perhaps in in this circumstance, it's more of them saying, I don't really want a toaster. Mm. I want cash. A doily set. Yeah, silverware. Mm. I want... I want cash. Mm, I don't want a garden on gnome. An Xbox. Garden gnome sitting garden on a gnome set, frog. Set, exactly. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> I think that that's their way of kind of getting out of that. That's, yes. That awkward situation. But they're also saving face. They're doing the right thing. You're coming to the wedding. I just want you as a person. I don't want you'd have to feel like you have to go out of your way. Do you think if you had a wedding, you would expect everyone to give you a gift? Would you care if people didn't give you a gift? I I think I would. Ooh. I think I would. I think because it's so strongly socially expected. Yeah. I th- and most people would anyway. Let's, let's be honest. Yes. Even in this situation, I think the majority of people are going to. I think that if someone didn't, it, it would stand out. I don't know if I'd look down on them or think of them differently, but I would notice. Okay. I am in the same boat as you for the first half where you said, if there was a lot of effort put into this wedding, that's your gift. Okay. However, if you say in your invitation, you don't need to give us anything, your presence is enough, you should stand by that. You should stand by those words. If you don't feel that way, then say, we would prefer if you gave us a wishing well contribution over a boxed gift. If you're saying that, better stand by it. So I think acceptable. And actually, in fact, I wrote this in my wedding invitation when I got married, something along those lines. And yeah. I meant it. Like, I don't care if people give me presents or not. Like, did that's you, not did, why I had a wedding. Did you notice people not giving gifts, though? Yes. But I didn't care. And are they your friends still? Yes. 100%. <laughs> because okay. not everyone's in a financial position to No, and, you, and you're right. You, sh- you shouldn't expect people to come just to contribute money to your wedding, you know? You want people there that are there to celebrate your day with you. Exactly. First and foremost, that should be that should be the reason. Yeah, you should be happy if no one gives you a gift. Yeah, would you rather two people Sorry. come and they each donate $1,000 or would you rather 100 people come and they give you nothing? What's going to make your day more special? Mm. Obviously the $1,000, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I, I think they should stand by it. it. It's more of a social acceptable thing. On Instagram, 71% said acceptable to not give a gift. 29% not acceptable. Look, I, I do go with the majority. I think it is acceptable. Mm. But I think it's 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 one of those acceptable buts. Look, no one can no one can fault you for not giving a gift if that is specifically said in the in the wedding invitation. But it's but do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's what's in the it's what what's written between the words, you know, one of those situations. We we don't want doilies, but we want we want cash. <laughs> Fair enough. Um our next scenario comes from Josie in Brisbane. Josie, 
Hello. Thank you. Thank you very much. Getting drunk at a work party. Acceptable or not? See, I know this one was coming and I thought this is going to be a different conversation for you and me because we have different work environments. Yes. It's I've, similar to the flirting at work conversation, yeah, I think. Yeah, it is. You come from an office environment mm. where I think there's a bit more of that. If you get drunk, you're going to be talked about. Mm. Most of my work environments have been, you know, Bunnings. And at Bunnings parties, it's kind of an expectation to get a bit. We've been, we've been banned from various establishments. Have you? We have. But, you know, the people get super drunk, I talked about. But it's definitely acceptable for sure. But I'm guessing in your environment, not so much. I don't think so. I think it depends on what kind of drunk as well and how you exhibit your symptoms of being drunk. <laughs> symptoms. Um, I think if you're going to cause a scene, not acceptable. I think if you're going to ruin your reputation, not acceptable. But if you're just like laughing a lot and whatever. Having a good old time. Having a good old time, fine. What about like vomiting or or like really making a mess like no. you've, you've had you've had a little bit to you're not hurting anybody in the bathroom or out on the floor in the bathroom but you've you've got a little bit on your shirt <laughs> <laughs> no i think no not acceptable also i think if you want to get drunk drunk do it with your close work friends who you know and are actually friends with your more than colleagues are actually friends away from the party venue so you know go to the work party do your thing show face then go, then go to the after party then go to the friends. after party with your friends and get smashed yeah get sloshed if, you, if that's what you want to do yeah our Bunnings parties had after parties but I feel like we were all very close at Bunnings everyone that worked there was pretty close to each other so getting drunk in front of anybody there would have been okay exactly whereas I think offices you know they're quite big there mm. are some people who you just kind of know maybe know their name only or you see them in passing but you don't know them that's of that kind of comrade in arms kind of mentality yeah um I'm gonna I'm gonna say acceptable I'm gonna say not acceptable I knew it I knew I knew this conversation was gonna <laughs> go this way I knew it it's because we are come from different worlds see we you do up there in that high-rise building <laughs> <laughs> looking down at the blue-collar workers like me you said it, not me. <laughs> but um, it was actually very divisive on Instagram. Mm. 41% acceptable. Ah. 59% not. Mm. It'd be good to see data on if all the not people were office workers and if all the acceptable people were If all the acceptable workers. people actually got drunk at, yeah. <laughs> at the parties. Ah, that's, that's quite close. I'm actually surprised by that. Some people just have more advanced social etiquette. <laughs> some people can just read the room better or some people are less tolerant yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's very true <laughs> well um uh yeah thanks for unpacking those scenarios with me always a pleasure before we wrap up, I wanted to quickly read out some listener mail for you, Matt. We have two items of listener mail, both directed at you. Oh, good. This, this is going to be good. So, first one comes from Jess in the Central Coast. And this might change your mind about your stance on the um, piercing your baby's ears scenario from last week. I doubt it, but let's, let's continue. So, she wrote, Parents get their baby's ears pierced young to help avoid infection as well. It's less likely for a baby to touch their ears after being pierced than a toddler would be to avoid infection so that is a health benefit of piercing your baby's ears young yeah but as opposed to getting like children's ears pierced when they're entering school when they know better mm. we're still talking about piercing a child that has no <laughs> no capacity for consent 
whether they're two years old, three years old, four years old, they still don't really understand what they're consenting to. So it's not the same as, as circumcision in this regard, because that's the, <laughs> that's the comparison between the, the health issue here. Circumcision, especially at the time, was seen as it's not about a two-year-old or a four-year-old playing with their dick enough to get it infected. It, it, it was literally a, a potential for infection. I understand where you're coming from, but I, I still disagree. You can still wait until they're old enough to not touch their ears. Okay. I wholeheartedly disagree. <laughs> um, the next item of listener mail came from Cam, who you addressed in last week's episode. He's the ex Woolies employee. Yeah, well, I didn't realize it was Cam who said that. But, but yes, Cam's a friend of mine. Yes, he um, felt very hurt by your words. He felt like you really called him out and you came at him. And I think... Um, this is just a sobering reminder that our words can be used as weapons, Matt, so you've got to use them carefully. I'd like to remind everybody that what I actually said about Cam is that he was very tolerant. <laughs> <laughs> and we both said that he was a nice guy. Which doesn't sound to me like an insult. Um, so, Cam, I'm sorry if you got offended, but um, I offended you with my love and appreciation. Uh. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so there you have it. It's a half apology. That, yeah, it's only a half apology because it's only a half insult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, thank you. Thank you both for running in. Um, and, and we really appreciate it. Yeah. Anyone who wants to write in, um, follow us on Instagram at Acceptable Company and our listener mail is in the bio. Yeah. We like talking about your acceptable topics, but if there's anything you want us to talk about at all. Yeah. Any topic suggestions, feel free to send them anything through. Anything you want to know our opinions on. We're running out of things to talk about. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, thank you very, very much for tuning in. Yeah, and I'll see you next time. See you next time.